Hey there, I'm Amanda Soler, founder of SoulfulLiving.com and creator and host of this podcast, Soulful Connections. This podcast offers a way to connect the dots between the lives we're living and the lives we want to live. You'll get to meet or get to know better people in our community who are willing to share what makes their lives meaningful, what brings them joy, and even how they've overcome obstacles that have been thrown their way. So find a cozy spot or keep driving and doing what you're doing, and let's connect. Let's talk about connection. So today I am here with my best friend, Roseanne, and welcome, Roseanne. Thank you. Roseanne Griffiths is really proof that I knew what I was doing when I was six years old because we became first grade best friends when Roseanne was five and I was six. She was a young first grader, and we have stayed best friends. And I have to say, she has had her own business. She is creative and artistic and is just somebody I admire and I also love as as, as a best friend. So oh, that is so nice to just hear that coming out of your mouth. True story. <laughs> so Roseanne, and also, by the way, let me just say, she's also um, really my associate producer of this podcast because She's been my guide with my former podcast that I did with a friend, Natalie, called Two Mamas on a Microphone, and she helps me with this podcast, Soulful Connections. So thank you, Roseanne. Well, we've always been good critics of one another. Yes. Just yes. saying it straight, Amanda, right? Truth, truth, that, yes. So we're That's coming good. off, well, I don't know if we're coming off a global pandemic or we're still in the throes of it, but yeah. can you just tell me what is life like for you? What has it been like for you? Yeah, you know, COVID has been, well, it, you know, it's been a, a good and bad story, I think, for my life, because initially, you know, my husband and I, we work for the same company, which is specialty food to restaurants. And we were really expanding that company with big growth. We had planned in February of 2020, we took a trip to Vegas, um, opening a new warehouse there. And that was going to expand to a East Coast location. So it was going to move me out of the Seattle area. That was sort of my intention to get back East, closer to family, closer to you, closer to friends. And the um, and then COVID hit. But we used to joke, and this is no this is no lie. We used to say, "Oh, the only thing that could stop us now is if every restaurant in the United States shuts down." And honest to God, that's where we were. Wow. So by March when we were planning our move to Vegas, which was going to be just a year or two in Las Vegas and then segue to, you know, the East hopefully, or like uh, maybe South Carolina, but somewhere we wanted to be. And then March, it literally just closed our company. And you know, when you have no restaurants open, you've got no one to sell to. 
and we had a warehouse full of specialty food and nowhere to go with it. So we thought, okay, well, we can survive for like three months, maybe, and we'll just wait it out, laid everybody off, you know, in one day. I mean, literally in one day I came into my office and by that, by 10 o'clock that morning, I had to lay 28 people off. And I sat at my desk and just really cried after that. It was just, I wasn't prepared for it. There was no, like, my supervisor just said to me, he was remote, he was in Canada. He couldn't come back into the US. And he's like, you're gonna have to lay everybody off. So it was just so rough. And, you know, there were out of, you know, close to 30 people, there were like four of us left, including my husband, he was one of them. So, you know, we just, we kept going, trying to keep any business alive we could. And then by June, we had to close that warehouse, couldn't afford to stay there. And then we all went home and we all were unemployed. So my husband was the only one left. He was the last man standing for the company. So they kept him going as much as they could with the smallest amount of business we had. But, but basically, you know, I was still working for the company, even in an unemployed status, just to try to keep things, lines of communication open, just to keep the hope that maybe there'd be some business later. But it, you know, it just, it didn't come to pass. But I think finally by September, by September, we had um, kind of worked out a merger with another company where we could share resources with them. And a lot of companies were doing that. A lot of companies were getting together saying, okay, can we share space? Can we share rent? Can we share logistics? Can we share trucks? Just to keep businesses alive. So we did that um, with a company and they brought me back on. So I was you know, able to sort of get back in on a part-time basis and uh, but, you know, since then, you know, my husband has had to take another job with another company. So he's so so we lost these 10 year careers is what it boiled yeah, down to. Wow. That really had what we thought, like our future for the next 10 or 15 years towards retirement. And it was just gone. And, you know, it's like so hard to wrap your brain around that loss. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. But and now we're we feel transitional, like he feels like this job he has is it's good and he calls it a job it's a job you know it's it's paying the bills and it's temporary maybe but it might segue to something better but it but it's good enough for now right and i feel the same way with my position but the cool part is you know if you had asked me back in the day when i was real full-time with my company you know could you ever do any your job remotely and i would have said no oh no i gotta be there i have to be face front and then I did do it remotely and was shocked that I could. Yeah. And now that feels like a little freedom to me. Like, okay, maybe I can keep this job and do it remote, you know, live somewhere else. And there's possibilities. So yeah. it has given us possibilities. And we were going with this job, our jobs at literally hundred miles an hour. It was high stress, fast paced every day. And then we stopped. And I am here to tell you, I'm not going back to that. Yeah. So that's the difference. That's interesting because it, you know, as you're talking, I'm realizing again, or even more that this pandemic, you know, it reshaped the world. It right. reshaped the world in good ways and in terrible ways. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, how we come out of it can be different. It doesn't have to be different. I mean, I see people all the time that are like, I've got to get back to normal. And then want to return to that right pace right i think for me anyway once i stopped I, and i used to say this all the time kind of in my 
in my job, I wouldn't sit down until I was done for the day. Because once I sit down, I'm done. You know, yeah. that's how it feels. Yeah. And and I think that's what happened. I sat down and I stopped. And I was like, yeah, I am not doing that again. And yes, you know, it was nice. It was 2020 was a tough year. You know, both of my kids graduated high school together that year. There was no senior prom. There was no graduation. And they didn't seem too bummed about it. But I, I was bummed for them. I knew what they were missing. They didn't know what they were missing. But I'm thinking, you lost those memories. And I pictured going to my kids' graduation. And the two of them graduating together would have been so cool, one after the other, their names being announced. And, and you know, it was just, I thought, wow, we're not going to have that. And they were like, oh, it's, it was a drive-through graduation. I'm like, and even my son's like, yeah, I'm not going to that. <laughs> right, right. But I thought, yeah, why are we going to that? Drive our car through, get the diploma, and then just come back home? Right. It was just dumb. So it, there was a lot of, like, disappointment of things that we yeah. looked forward to that we weren't going to have. But that being said, you know, Jeff and I, we were never big TV watchers. Like, we would pick one show and we would watch it. We were just too busy or too tired. But, oh, my God, the TV? Okay, so we have, like, every streaming service available. <laughs> and I hate to even admit it out loud, but we are like, man, what are we watching tonight? <laughs> so That is so funny. There we were, like, cuddled up together, yeah. just sitting on the sofa, eating dinner, watching you know, because our kids still kept doing stuff. They were in and out, but we were just together a lot watching TV shows and talking about them. And it was really cool yeah. and really fun. And we just sort of rested. It, it was like, we couldn't go on vacation. We couldn't do stuff on the weekends. My husband, he'll golf on the weekends and he couldn't even do that. So we had a lot of togetherness. And I know for a lot of people that was a challenge and hard depending upon your relationship, but for us, it was really easy and it was just comforting and fun to just sort of be together. And so what is it like now? So where, like, what are you like? At the, I don't mean what is your relationship like now? Although feel free to share. Pretend it's just you and me and the phone. <laughs> but like, what is life like now? So how are you? So now it, I feel like it's, it, it moved into a lower pace. Yeah. You know, situation where I'm working three days a week and then I've got two days remote. And I love that. Like that just feels good to me. And my kids, you know, they, they graduated school and, you know, they both started um, remote college and that didn't work well for either of them. My daughter's still doing it a little, but my son took a full-time job and hope my daughter, she took a, she's a full-time job at the grocery store. And I will say this though, through COVID, we all still worked, you know, my daughter worked at the grocery store and Jeff and I were still working, struggling to do anything we could. So I feel like we never got that real break and rest. You yeah. know, when I looked at people during COVID, I thought there seems to be two types of people. Yes. The ones that are still really, really working that never got a break and the ones that really got a long-term break. And right. for me, we were slower in what we were doing, but I was also doing jobs that I wasn't comfortable with right. because everybody was laid off. And now I'm inventory and I'm logistics. And, you know, I used to just manage those positions and now I'm doing them. Yeah. And I didn't know how to do them. I knew an outline of those jobs, yeah. but I didn't know the ins and outs of them. And so it was, it was really uncomfortable, you know, to do all of that. 
but I feel like now we're, we're stable. We're like just sort of doing our work and it's a slower pace and it just feels, it feels better. So what for you is like a perfect day? Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, the perfect day is that I get up in the morning at my house that is looking at the ocean and I'm having a cup of tea and I get to read or write whatever I want and I get to take a walk and, you know, just hear the ocean and be by the water mm -hmm. and just spend the day really literally just doing that. Seeing some of my family as they come and go through my house. But, but I mean, that is my like retirement goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to get to that place where I see that water and I can put my feet in it and I can walk and I, and I can get read that. and just, listen to things I want to listen to and um, basically have no work. I mean, I'm not this girl that loves her job. I mean, I yeah. like my job and you know, I've, I've always struggled with that sort of situation where people are like, Oh, you have to have your passion. Oh, yeah, you have yeah. to love what you do. And I think that's fantastic if you can get there. But for me, it's like, I think I told my kids, look, you, you got to like what you do. So it affords you to do what you love because you may not be that lucky person that loves your job, that it just fulfills you. I mean, right. Oprah likes to say that a lot, you know, find your passion, find the job you love, but you know, you might, I work a lot with people that I know they don't love their jobs. You know, they're, they're warehouse packers. I mean, nobody really aspires to be that, you know, <laughs> right. It's like, they, right. I know they're doing it because it affords them to do these things on the weekends that they want to do or do things with their family. Right. And, and somebody has to do those jobs. So there's always going to be a love. It, it, right. Everybody's job. I, I agree. I, I think if you can monetize your passion, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know that you have to find a job that you love. I believe you have to find a life that you love. Yeah. And I think, it, um, you know, your job can be all different things and it depends. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people actually make their job, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And I think probably those people had a really tough time during COVID because you had to actually pay attention to your feelings because you had to stop for a second. Right. And so that is right. I think that if you can, you know, find fulfillment or find something enjoyable about your work, mm -hmm. that's fabulous. But honestly, my life has always been about making the life I love mm -hmm. and my job has a place in that with the people you love with the people that That's I love right. and that is really um you know to me what's important and it could be that your job is there and it might right. not be but it is about it loving your life so much Amanda because you know I living in Washington I'm far away from my best friend I know and my family yep and I love my best friend in my family and you know We're really lovable that's right you know what i mean i miss it yeah and and my goal currently is to create a life yeah. nearer to the people that i love right my family my friends the people i just want to get back to that or i want to get back to maybe i won't live right here but i'll be closer i'll right. be it'll be accessible to me because you're right that's what matters you know that's where the joy is for me is with those people yes. i love and if you can find a job you like, I mean, I always tell my family, just don't hate your, as long as it's a job you don't hate, keep doing it <laughs> because you know, right. it's going to afford you some possibilities. 
to do other things. But, um, but yeah, that's the most important part, I think, is the, the people that you love. That's the life you're creating around those people that matter. So do you have like kind of either a mission statement or a driving purpose or some kind of purpose that when you get up, this is what's fueling you? So like a, like a mission statement is funny to me. It kind of sounds like a mantra. Like, is there a mantra? And I do have a little mantra that I think I try to remember. And cause, cause I think that attitude is everything. And my mantra is, um, change your mind, change your words, change your life. Cause I think what you put in your mind ultimately comes out your mouth. Yeah. And what, and what comes out your mouth <laughs> is what everybody hears. Yeah. And you start to, like, I often think, speak it out loud because then things happen. Speak what you want. Speak what you believe. Speak how you want it to be. And then your life changes. But you got to start in your mind. You know, you start changing your thoughts and then you start changing your mm-hmm. words and your actions. And then your life, hopefully, you know, can follows that. So, but you know, also I've started my day with prayer and not that I'm a prayer of a particular prayer or words, but I've learned to say, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm a Jesus lover and I admit it, but I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, the way you said it, it sounded like a, an admission, <laughs> like when you're in, you know, like Alcoholics Anonymous, like you're like, just, you're owning it. You're owning yes. it. Roseanne is a Jesus lover. I, I mean, she's... I've got to admit, and, you know, and, but what I will say is I do feel that there's other paths to, to, to God. I really, really, really do. So I, I'm not, I'm not a one-way street, but I have learned to say to God in the morning, look, thank you, Lord, for this day. And I don't know where you're going in this day, but find a place for me in it. Use me in some way today, whatever it is, I'm here, I'm, I'm following you. So in this day, just give me a place within it with you today. So, and I, I don't know how that ever plays out. I start to start the day with that. I don't know if it's just that, you know, God brings somebody into my day or if it's, but, but I know if I said that, those words out loud to him. And I do this usually on my path to work in the morning. Um, I'll say, you know, Lord, I don't know where you're going today, but I want to be a part of it. You know, just bring me there. See, and... I feel like that is so good because I, I have a litany. <laughs> you're like, okay, that's what I want today. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole list of requests, but a lot of those requests too, I do bring it back. Like I really do want to spread light and that's not always easy mm-hmm. because you're not always surrounded by light. And what do you do when you're met with darkness? So what's your answer to that, Roseanne? I don't know. Um, I try not to um, be pulled into it, I guess. You know, I, I see it in my in my job. There's a lot of negativity sometimes. And, you know, when I hear that negativity come in, I try to be very quick, maybe sometimes even to just change the subject, just direct it in a different direction or try to bring something more positive to it, you know, looking at it. Um, but it's everywhere, you know, that, 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 and I'm like you, Amanda, like if, if there's somebody really negative in my life, I, I try to avoid that. 
anymore. I just, just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just can't hear it. Right. And like I was with my brother just this weekend and he's really great and positive and he was complaining about something. And later on he said to me, I'm so sorry that I just spent our lunch complaining about that. And I thought, it's not that I want to hear what you're going through. Right. I want to hear how this is hard for you. And, and I'm really sad to hear it. And I, and I want to help you if I can, even if it's just to listen. So it's not that, yes. you know, if it's somebody you love and care about and, and their concern is legit, I'm all over it. Right. But it's just the petty negativity that, I just can't find yeah space for anymore. It's tough when there is someone who whose ego is so dominant mm -hmm. that you can't connect on just, you know, this level that, you know, I don't, everybody calls it something different. I tend to call it the soul or mm -hmm. the spirit, the inner or outer being of that person. And sometimes the ego that just is, is so self-protective, I don't know. It just becomes encompassing. And that is a tough person to be around. Mm -hmm. And that negativity is different than someone pouring their heart out or sharing the frustrations or their right. challenges. You know, like they're just somehow two different things. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. And you know, I think we're different in our, you know, in our fifties, you feel like life is too short. Roseanne's in her fifties. I'm still you're in still my 35. early forties. <laughs> Should we tell people that you're really six months older than me? I am. First of all, Roseanne started first grade, um, you know, as a five-year-old and didn't turn six until December 18th, which is, you know, I don't think they would do that today, right? Oh, no, they wouldn't let you in at five. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't really. I, I was. No, young. you were little, but you were very yeah. mature. Roseanne was always mature. She really was. You're funny. In her, in her way. In her in her curly-headed way. <laughs> Very cute. I'll have to I'll have to post a picture if I can ever figure that out. Okay. So Roseanne, now we're gonna do like just like this kind of questions. Okay, okay. like your favorite thing or oh, okay. so um what and by the way, when I say favorite, I know people stop because they have to think it's my favorite of all time. Oh okay, it's kind right. of like your favorite in this moment. Okay. What pops up? What comes to mind? So exactly. Okay. So Good. um a favorite <laughs> I'll say a favorite, a favorite movie. Oh, see, I don't have a favorite movie. Okay. Because see, I'm not into movies. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. But remember back in the day, we loved the movie Reds. What Do you remember Reds? I think Reds. it's called Reds. It was with Warren Beatty. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm not a patient, apparently, because you remember so okay. much that I Let me just share with our audience that, that I could actually create memories. And I think Brazil will believe me. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, Brazil, we watched it repeatedly. Red. So we watched this movie with Warren. Warren Beatty. <laughs> we watched a movie re relentlessly. Oh, I'm going to send you, it was called Reds with Warren Beatty and Diane Keaton. And he was like a communist, uh -huh. but they were in love and Jack Nicholson was in it. And we just watched it, it over and over again. I would like. Yeah. So, um, and, and I will tell you, this just reminds me of, do you remember the first R-rated movie that we ever saw? No. Okay. So the was first- it like Friday the 13th? No, it was Brubaker. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see, there you go. I was just gonna say that to you. So as far as movies go, if Robert Redford's in it, yes. I'm in that game. Yes. And even 
I had seen a Robert Redford movie recently and he was very old. And I remember saying, oh my God, he's so old. And then about two minutes into it, I'm like, and it just doesn't matter. I agree. I love him. Yes, Roseanne did love Robert he Redford. Is... And I will say, I don't mind him looking old. I find him appealing. I do too. Yeah, yeah. he's got yeah, something. He's we, got something. <laughs> but it is weird that our first R-rated movie, and I think we might have been a little bit too young, but Roseanne's parents brought us, and Roseanne, even back then, loved Robert Redford. That's why we went. I'm and I sure. think he was like a prison warden. He was, I remember. <laughs> so that was our first R-rated movie. Um, okay. So your favorite Netflix or other, since you have all the streaming services, series? Oh my gosh, it's like it's like in the moment. Okay, so it's Ted Lasso. Oh, I now what do you love about it? Love, I've heard this. I don't know. I love it so much. Okay, it share just, with me because I can't get myself to the watch The dialogue it. is so great. Okay. And you have to pay attention. Like if, if I miss something, I have to rewind. Isn't I'm like, he Wait. like a cheerful coach? He's a coach, but but it's deeper than that. Like okay. he has some underlying, you know, anxiety issues. Like he's always super positive and super kind. And he's, he's brought into this role as a coach um, underhandedly. Like he is just brought there to fail on purpose. And he learns that and he doesn't have the reaction that any one of us would have where he's angry. He's like the ultimate positive. I'm going to turn this into a positive attitude. And he, and what I love about the show is that everybody around him that maybe started out that was kind of angry and negative because of his positivity, they are now becoming these really lovely, positive characters. So you just watch this evolution. And I, I don't know. I just love it. I oh. think it's a kind. It's kindness. It's a show about kindness. Does it captivate you? It does. Okay. I mean, we would sit down to watch it. Now it's Friday night. You know, I'll say, it's Friday night. I still love you. <laughs> And he likes it too. And he sits down, and I'm like, "Don't even talk," because I would hear every word of this show. Because if I miss something, I'm just like, "Wait, wait, what did he say?" It's clever. Oh, it's I have clever. to. Okay, I'll watch it. You've convinced me. Book. I'm into it. What about a book? Do you have a book that you like, or an author it could be? Yeah, it's so hard. You know, I loved like The Gift, um, Edith Eager. Yeah, I just love her. And the other book that she wrote, the there's The Gift and The Choice, I think. And I don't know. I just I listen to them on book tape, and I still read them, and I go back and forth. And so kind and of. And what do you love them. about? It's she's just it's real life. You know, she just tells it like it is, and she just wants you to live your life with your baggage. Just live it. Interesting. And I just love her. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's sincere advice for everybody, every human being. Okay, that's should good. Should read those two books. Oh, that's good. So yeah, that's what I'm into. Um. Okay. So what is the Best piece of advice, worst piece of advice. Oh my gosh. Well, um, that you were given or that you were like to share. Well, that's really hard. I mean, I wish I almost had time to think about that because I feel like it's a super, it's really important question. Yeah. It really, yeah. really is. Um, the best piece of advice I, I think has been this minister that I used to work for in Grand Rapids, she's the one who kind of started me with this, that mantra, change your mind, change your words, change your life. And that was sort of like, you know, a, a big thing that we would post everywhere um, when I when I was her assistant. And I really have to just almost go back to that advice of really just watch what you say, you know, watch what you think, watch what you put in your mind, in your life, because you're going to reflect it. So she really taught me that. And that, that really changed me. And the worst piece of advice, I don't know. I, I really, 
I feel like I do know and it's important, but I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't think of it. I mean, I asked you that, but I'm like, what's the worst piece of advice I've ever do been feel given? Like people give worse advice. You know, yeah. a lot of it is to do with kids. I mean, people tell you all sorts of craziness to do with your kids yeah. that I think is, is just, for and sure. it's not like it's bad advice for the giver. I feel like there are just so many ways to parent mm -hmm. that sometimes when people are convinced that this is the way, yeah, um, it's bad advice for you and for your kid, but maybe not for their kid. Um, and yeah. bad advice, like in general, like if you said to me, what was the worst advice you ever got in this like department, in this arena about right. this kind of thing, right. I could probably talk right. to you about that and say, oh, well, I lived that and you don't want to do it that way or whatever. But yes. But, so yeah. well, that's open for discussion. But I, you've never given me bad advice. Are you sure about really? that? I mean, honest to God. Aww. And how about it? When I have needed advice, who's the first person I call? Well, it is because you. I'm very liberal with my advice. I will give advice to anybody, even yeah. those who don't ask it. And Rosanna's being nice because I'm not sure it's always the best advice. It is. But I will always give advice. It's always the honest, true advice. Well, that's the one it thing is. that I do prize is authenticity. We've never done that with each other. Like, just, yeah. We've never placated each other. That or is true. pacified each other well, in yeah. our friendship. It's strong enough that even if I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to want to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Everybody should have a friend like you, mm -hmm. Rosanna. And you like ours, you know, I and I think that you do need to surround yourself with people who you trust and who have your best interests at heart. I think that's wise. Yeah, and that's you know, true too. Because I have some uh, friends and I use that term loosely. I think yeah. you all have friends, but you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to them with your deepest, darkest secrets. I, mean, yeah. I have gone to you in my deepest, darkest moments and someday and vice versa. you and I will have a podcast and we'll visit those yes. together because yes. it'll help other people. I really think we should absolutely. We'll, we'll do that. You know, that and yeah. for me, we won't go into it now, we don't have it. But for me, there's been very recent pain yes. in my life, very severe, damaging right. situations right. that that deserve to be talked about yeah. with a compassionate friend like you. But when those happened to me, the first thing I did was find a quiet place. The first thing I always do is to say, oh, Lord. And I, I say that, I'm not going, oh, Lord. I'm going, oh, Lord. You know, yes. <laughs> you know like, yes. I mean, during those moments, sometimes I could not even pray. Oh, yes. I just, I knew if I started to pray, I would break down or I couldn't yeah. be strong or I would just, just deteriorate to nothing. And so I would say to the Lord, I just can't even pray about this. I'm sorry. You know what I, you know what I want. You know what I need. Yeah. Where I'm at but I cannot even pray. And you're the person I would call. And so very often I would call you and I remember, and I couldn't even talk. Yeah. And I would just be and vice versa. crying yeah. and could not even talk. I and have done that with you too. You would just wait. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. very few people you can do that with. Yes. I mean, that is true. And so I think that I, I really, if I had to say, if I had to give some advice, you're reminding me, I have a different advice for different moments, but in that moment, I would say surround yourself with people who uplift you, who yes. want your, who have your best interest at heart and who, um, will be honest with you. Right. So Roseanne, I am having a little computer. So we had a little computer glitch, but we're back stronger than ever. And we were just actually talking while we were fixing this about all of the podcasts that we could do. Right. Because if you knew us, you would know that we can't stop talking. No. Once we're together. Or creating, which is 
what's fun. And we were kind of talking about the fact that, you know, we all try so hard to be like everybody else and to have the same face and the same clothes and the same jobs and the same car. And the people you remember are the people who kind of step out of that and create something. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And we're talking about trying not to, to create it instead of, and that journey of creation is what it's all about. It's not like it's, you're taking the journey to perfection, not, you know, I think, oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be perfect. But really the creativity is, is the path towards the perfect. And I was just saying to Amanda that, you know, it's when I do something that makes me nervous or I'm scared to do it, or, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to do that bad. And then I do it and it's not great, but it's, good enough and I think okay I'm really proud of myself I'm so I feel so proud of myself and then the next time I go to do that thing I feel like I can just do it I can do it better yeah I feel like if you're really comfortable you might be missing out on something yeah because we're not doing it yeah you know you're scared to do it the best moments oh yeah I was doing it because I was scared scared to do it I hear you sister I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I totally hear you. As somebody who's doing a podcast, you know, for whatever, just because I want to, you know, just because I want to hear what makes everybody kind of tick and mm-hmm. and what, how are you living your life? You know, we're all here. We have these lives that we're gifted with for a certain amount of time. What are we doing? What are we doing with them? Why, why are we doing what we're doing? Just basically, yeah. it's interesting to me to hear about other people and their intentional journeys. And mm-hmm. I have to say, Roseanne, I did pick wisely. I joke about this all of the time, but I did. You're interesting and you have depth. Oh, Amanda. <laughs> you, you do and you, um, you are wise. You are somebody who has helped me through my own dark moments. But also you're there to share the joys and I don't feel worried that you might resent a great moment either, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you. So thank you Aww. for being my best friend. Well, thank you for being my best friend. Thank you for serving as the associate producer of my podcast. That's awesome. I wish um, it was my real job. One day. <laughs> We're going to just speak that out loud. That's right. Exactly. She's a, my well-paid associate producer. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Roseanne, for being one of my early podcast guests. Oh, Amanda, thank you. <laughs>